So all who know me know that I love fashion and I love just everything that has to do with fashion. And I have to confess, I used to be a shopaholic. And I, what mindfulness has done is that it's teaching me to be mindful of my shopping uh, behavior or the way in which I shop. Fashion is about, it's a part of your life, you know, it's a part of your identity. You use it yeah. to be more powerful in many ways and in many, many narratives. And yeah. Within this continent, Africa, we've been doing sustainability forever. We just didn't, it didn't have a title or we didn't always use this word, but we've been doing sustainability for, for longer from, I mean, before even I was born. Um. Welcome to another episode of The Wardrobe Shift with me, Jessica Ramashaba. Uh, I'm looking forward to the show today. I'm chatting with a very special guest. Um, and the show is all about sustainability. It's all about um, how we should be relating um, and connecting um, with our clothing. So stay listening. So today I just want to start off the show a little bit different than usual. I would like you to Google Lara Klavikowski. She's a fashion designer in South Africa, based in Cape Town. She is the queen of sustainability, currently um, taking South Africa by storm. Um, I would like you to Google her work so that when we chat to her next, you kind of have like a vision already or a sense already of how her work looks like and how incredible it is. So do that and then come back. Lara like you don't understand like I'm just so let me tell you the story so the story is that I one of these days I think we all have those days where you just um uh you know just googling funny things around and then your name came up I was just like looking at things about fashion your name came up and then I saw sustainable fashion and I saw these amazing creations and I thought oh my gosh like why doesn't the world know about this girl you know like like how exactly i'm like who is she so and then i just started looking through looking through and i realized everybody knows you i'm the one who's late to the party (laughs) 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 so that's how that's how i got to know of you and i'm just like oh man i really really wish um i knew of you when i was still at um a fashion editor when i was still at true love i would have literally done this most amazing shoot with your clothing because it's just mind-blowing <laughs> but how are you welcome welcome to our podcast how are you i'm super so i showcased my collection at sf fashion week 
beginning of the month. But because the shows are virtual this year mm. and digital, it'll only go live at the end of April. So this month I've kind of been waiting for the show to go live just to get a reaction. It's very different from from live in the past shows. where you, you work and work on a collection and then there's the celebration and the press and everyone's asking you questions, but there's this delay this year. I guess... Everything's been delayed, including Fashion Week. So I'm so excited for my show to go live on the 29th and then to let everyone see and hear what they think and showcase the new work. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I also think I've lost track in terms of what's been happening in that space because I think it's because of this whole digital thing that the excitement is yeah. gone. Like we literally, I still remember how like a couple of weeks before a month before you used to get like invite and to get to make a reservation and and couple and then just before a few days before the show and this is this whole excitement and what do you want to wear and then this and that and it always for me it always used to happen when i i used to be so busy in the office that i would just think oh my god like how many shows can i attend so you're just picking all the shows that you can attend but there's just no time so yeah but i'm sure it's beautiful how did you feel about creating this one so I felt like last year I created all these amazing pieces and then lockdown happened and all of that work was used in editorials but no one got to wear it. There wasn't enough um, there wasn't enough exposure with people wearing the design. So mm. for the latest collection I've used this more or less the same techniques but for new new ideas, new designs and shapes and proportions and done a kind of continuation of it. Um, and now it gets to be seen on a runway, on models, and I think that's that always makes the collection feel full. And like I, I don't know, I guess it does affect the reception of your designs because people get yeah. to see the hair, the makeup, the full idea realized. So yeah. I feel really excited about doing the collection. So, no, I'm good. Yeah. And it's also it's it's my first time showcasing with SA Fashion Week. Oh, really? um, and this year they they've sponsored my show because I was the twig change maker winner last year. So it's it all feels like everything's a celebration. Oh, <laughs> no, I think everything is a celebration because it's just so beautiful. It's really, really I mean your construction, your pattern making, um, it's just like it's crazy. It's just so you just it just yeah. makes especially if you love fashion, it just makes you want to wear the clothing and the garments immediately, you know? And I haven't really even I love the bridal connection that you did. Um I think it was um twenty the twenty twenty one. Yes, love. the strange flowers collection like I feel like that is the one that you wear literally after 15 years of marriage or something and you just want to wear something elegant just to celebrate the anniversary and you know how long you've been married it's just so iconic it's beautiful it's really really beautiful thank you so that's why like I, I felt like with the lockdown not enough people were given a chance to order those designs and wear mm. those designs so the new collection I've kind of used similar shapes and proportions but in the new styles so that more people can order it this year the dream is that we go back to having events and celebrations mm. and being able to get dressed up again and wear all these beautiful styles yes yes no i agree and i think for designers it's kind of through a spin on things because you almost have to design with the current situation in mind especially if you want to sell the garments 
but at the same time you still want to remain true to yourself so how have you managed to balance that because you know we've been like doing sweatpants and all this like you know laid back kind of vibe do you design with that in mind thinking okay maybe we should be releasing this kind of collection or no we just we're not there yet so i found that when i do do my collections i always make sure that even if it's quite an avant-garde look you can kind of separate the pieces and you can break them down mm. say the skirt that goes underneath the big dress as another layer and pair it with simple pieces like a plain shirt or a t-shirt or you can take the the top part of an outfit that perhaps on the runway is paired with an extravagant skirt but then you can take that top and you can wear it with a pair of jeans and mm. so I've designed it in a way where you can pick apart each look and extend it and be part of your own more wearable everyday wardrobe mm. um, and then there are there are pieces that are made from upcycled plastics and the like fabric waste I've collected and really I would say avant-garde proportions but then they're also more wearable textures as well so it becomes more accessible it's not just for the runway or for a special event you can wear it in your everyday life and mm. perhaps to a dinner at a restaurant where you don't necessarily want everybody staring but you still want something <laughs> wow, you look, you look amazing. What are you wearing? <laughs> no, it's gorgeous. I think, I think that's what people are going to get though with your clothing because it just such, has such interesting detail and it's not something that you see every day. And I think that is your signature. So I think you're bound to, it's a definitely like a, you know, evening kind of um, style where you just want to wear jeans with like a nice top, you know, because then it will give the drama, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think it's just, it's for me, that's how I see it. Like, that's how I would probably wear most of your stuff. Whenever I design, I put so much thought into the construction and the fabric choice and the detail. And then I find that the people who wear my designs appreciate that and they like talking about what they're wearing. Like, they don't just want to wear an ordinary blouse. They want to wear something where they can say, guess what this is made of? And this is the story, this is the thinking behind it. And I think that's also quite, it's a good thing when people start talking about what they're wearing because then they become more conscious about how it's made, who made it, why they made it, where it was made. And I think that that leads to more respect and appreciation for clothing, which is where we really need to be at the moment so that people can stop being wasteful. And um, it ties in with leading a more sustainable life, but not in a... Uh, like a forced way it's like it's you want to know you don't feel like it's a chore talking about your work or being interested in what you're wearing it's more out of interest and genuine um, consciousness and awareness mm. no i love that it's so true it's so true lara because we don't talk about our clothes anymore and we used to i mean you just remember growing up how you used to just like show off your dress and show off this and show like we don't talk about our clothes anymore or when you're wearing something amazing and you just want to show someone and have a discussion about can you believe it i bought it wherever and i did you know we just don't you know um so yeah i love that i love and so tell me about your first collection the 2016 one like so this is your first time 2015 2016 i think that was with the probably that was the fashion week one Yes, so I showcased, so in 2015-2016, that was the first time where I actually used fabric off-cuts and created an entire collection for Fashion Week, where 
I didn't buy any new fabric. I just used what was available at my studio, and I was able to put our entire collection together. And I don't think many people realized that it was made from fabric waste at that time. Um, also, in 2015, people weren't talking about using leftovers to yeah. create new clothing. It's almost it wasn't seen as something glamorous or elegant. Um, so I didn't talk about it too much. I just kind of sold it because I it just made more sense for my business financially. And also, I don't like wasting. So it was a way of being sustainable and not labeling it <laughs> at the time. Um, and like it wasn't, it didn't, at that time, it didn't seem like people cared so much about being sustainable. Like that whole, mm. all the buzzwords only emerged in maybe the first, the last, Three years in South Africa, yeah. where people were like, "Oh, this is ethical fashion. This is sustainable fashion." And um, I think if I started speaking like that five years ago, no one—it would have gone over everyone's head. But when I look back at my—I mean, I've—I realized I'll, I've been at my studio for eleven years this month. And when I look back at my designs from when I was a student and in the first year that I started my brand, I was always using recycled materials and upcycling materials um but i wasn't labeling it as sustainable recycling or sustainable oh so i feel like also i've learned a lot more about what sustainable design is and I, I now know what boxes you need to tick to call your brand sustainable and i'm always very careful to use buzzwords with my work um because i feel it's so easy to say oh it's this or this or this and Consumers don't necessarily always check up on it. They just take what you give them. And I've always been quite strict with myself is that I won't label my work something if I don't feel that it's 100% ticking all the boxes because I think that kind of integrity is very important when you are selling a product. You can't just market it and use buzzwords if it doesn't meet the criteria. But I feel like now I, I feel comfortable calling my brand sustainable because it meets so many of the of the requirements mm. in terms of sustainable design. Mm. But do you do you buy into the idea that not everything can be sustainable and therefore we need to almost meet the consumer halfway in terms of what they can use or what what they can indulge in and that is particularly for someone who loves fashion because obviously not all garments are sustainable but um you know we want to still feel half sustainable and wear something that at least you know it's 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 it still protects the environment if you know what i mean like i mean whether and it could be in in most cases it could be just Secondhand shopping could be vintage. It could be. It doesn't necessarily have to be a brand new product. But so I'm trying to understand: Do you buy into the whole concept of it's okay to just shop secondhand, or it's okay to you know sometimes you can buy one new item but wear it for seventy years, then that's still okay. Or are you the hardcore? You have to be. It had the product has to be sustainable, hundred percent. No, I think I'm also. I also realized that you. If you take small steps, that's better than being a hard, hardcore sustainable brand. Like, I think that was also, that was what made me feel really daunted by the whole yes. idea of sustainable yes. design, and I, that's why I didn't want to label my work as sustainable because I felt like 
it's not 100% sustainable because yes, I'm using plastics that are made from recycled materials, but I'm still using plastics. Yeah. But then it means that all of that plastic doesn't end up in landfill because it becomes clothing and people can use it. Yeah. So you give it a new life. Um, and then sometimes like the time that it takes to transform fabric waste into an actual piece of material that looks good and can be used as a clothing, all of that time and energy could be saved by just buying a new piece of fabric. Yeah. So there's a balance where you've kind of got to decide where you want to put time, energy and money um, because sometimes it is easier just to produce something new. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there is so there's so so much old clothing in the world, and the secondhand store business is really good to invest in. But at the same time, perhaps you want to wear something new. There's this thing <laughs> of you want to wear something new, and you want to you want to be ethical and sustainable, and mm. but it. The, it is difficult to strike a balance. I understand mm. that, but I'm trying to create beautiful, new-looking designs with recycled materials mm. and with upcycling and recycling so that I can kind of help in that way, strike a balance between being sustainable and still being fashionable and still being able to buy something fresh and mm. new um, I think that's also important. That's what makes fashion so appealing is that you get something beautiful and new and you're part of something new. It's that newness that is the, that's the beauty of fashion. But to make it sustainable at the moment, it seems best to then use upcycled materials, recycled materials and give it a fresh spin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where my brand is at at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and and Lara, so please tell me about your sustainability journey. When did this start? When did you, when you were in high school, university, did you think that you were gonna be a fashion designer? Was this decided, or you changed somewhere somehow? I, I like when I was a child, I had this dream of being a fashion designer. I just I love the idea of dressing up at. From when I, w I would wrap, we've got so many photos of me wrapping really? clothing around me and tying things. And I spent most of my early childhood draping my mom's clothes, my clothes, squeezing into my doll's mm. clothes. Like this idea that you could wrap up and change clothing and wear different family members' items and it looks different. I loved it. And as soon as I knew you can be a designer, like this could be a job, it was always like, I want to be a designer, I want to be a designer. But then through school, it's sort of, I mean, you, you come across so many different careers. And by the time I got to matric, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my mom suggested I go and study fashion design so that I could at least learn how to make clothes properly. And she was just really tired of me safety pinning everything. And she just wanted, she thought, if I could just learn to sew properly, then, you know, then it's time well spent while I figure out what I want to do. But then... I loved it so much, studying fashion design and learning how to put clothes together properly and learning about the history of fashion. Mm. I just loved it. And I won quite a few awards as a student and it just seemed like this was the right path. This was what I meant to do. So, yeah, that's where, where, wow. it, where it went. No, you're <laughs> very, very lucky. Like, it's not, like, it's very rare that you meet someone who's like, it's been, like, it's always been, the seed has always been there from an early age, and you're like uh -huh. living it and you're seeing through it. 
and you're getting awards for it. Yeah. So that just goes to show that it seems like when there's a kind of a there's a direction being given to you or presented yes. to you, and then you just follow it, it, it all works out. <laughs> Oh my God, Lara, that's incredible. No, you're very lucky. Like, because I'm, I'm sure you know this, you know, you meet so many, um, and all of us, we probably went through that where you meet so many students and, oh, I was, I was one of those students when I got to, um, a metric, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I, I just didn't know. I thought journalism and then I tried journalism and then I couldn't get space. And then I was going to go to Rhodes University and I just didn't get space. And I ended up in university of Pretoria and then the next thing I found myself in psychology, like I just don't even know why. And then now I'm all the way in fashion. So there's so many of us who just didn't know, you know, so you're very lucky. Yeah. And there's so many people who study fashion design and once they finish the course or they're in it for maybe a year or two, they, they realize they don't love it. They don't want it. So mm. I feel like when I look at how many people I studied with and who is still in fashion, not many. Yeah. I think a lot of them ended up working as stylists and some of them have to have chosen completely different careers so yeah i'm happy i'm still doing it (laughs) and yeah and only you're right in a sense that it's not i think most people take fashion design for granted they think it's just about making clothes and then that's it but it's really a, a deep commitment to vision to creating to you know hard work it's hard work (laughs) and making the business run and making sure that your clothing you know it actually sells so it's a whole lot of elements that need to come together you know i think most people see the fashion industry in terms of editorials and magazines and fashion week they don't realize that it's so much more than that and also you go to the shops and you see you'll be at the mall you see all the clothes hanging there but to get to that point Everyone that's involved in making it happen, all the jobs that it creates, there's so much work that goes into the fashion industry and everyone's working so hard. Um, That's, I guess, fashion is very glamorized, but I mean, we are selling a dream. The idea is that you make people dream about what their life can be and hope for something better or more exciting. So... You can't discredit it, but at the same time, I think not enough emphasis is placed on people being aware, made aware of how much work goes into it. Mm. And um, I mean, that's why I feel like I just want to keep telling people, you need to respect your clothes. You need Mm. to take care of them. Don't just throw your clothes on the floor because (laughs) just to get it to that point, like from... From like growing a plant to weaving the the fibers to putting the whole collection together and all the people involved in just getting an item of clothing that you have in your wardrobe together, like you need to respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of what I I think also with my work because it's so detailed. People are looking closer. They are looking on looking at mm-hmm. how it's made, and I'm hoping that that carries through to other items in their wardrobe. You know, like. Yeah, the shirt didn't just happen with a snap of a finger. There's so much that goes into making an item of clothing. Yeah. Yeah. You reminded me of um, a conversation I once had with a friend of mine um, uh, back in the day when I still used to live in Dubai. And we went to, and I was just like still so excited about being in Dubai and everything. And we went to, I can't even remember, went to some place. Um, or, or it was, I think it was a one and only hotel or something like that. I can't remember. I'm just seeing this art piece that they were selling and um 
and she was just like so mesmerized about it and we just she's an artist and she started talking about how for her it's important to buy pieces like that and and um and and, and she went into this whole deep thing but the point is she kept on saying you know because it has a soul jessica you know because it has a soul like and that's what you're saying like uh, but the, because if you see the process of the people who make the clothes um behind the scenes and the process of you know the garment how it's put together uh, versus like i don't know maybe a fast fashion garment like like those ones like they have a soul the ones that are genuinely made from you know like from the like that's the difference between knowing where your clothes come from and not knowing they have a soul like i think that's how i can explain how that's how maria was explaining her art piece I also feel I like I find that also when you wear an item it does become part of your life it's like you also give energy to your clothing mm. um, that's why sometimes I'm a little bit against secondhand clothing because I feel like it, those clothes have already lived a life like it's and I feel like even if I have garments at my studio if it, it's been used too many times in a shoot it's like they almost become heavy even though they're clean like there's an energy and I think everyone that's in contact with the clothing and in the process, like, as you say, there's a soul, like there's, there's the human touch or energy that gets, it's in the clothing. And I, I think you can almost feel when something's got soul, when it's got the energy of the people in it. And like there was a happy energy. Or, <laughs> I think that's what ties in with, with what makes it special. It's like, it's, you need to acknowledge that there's there's it's there's something when you put a human energy into something it really gives value to it mm-hmm. um, that's why it doesn't make sense to to sell clothing for so little um, why people are paid so little to make clothing like there's there's definitely we need to address how much clothing is being sold for and I think it, it comes down to people realizing what goes into making clothing mm. um, and everyone involved and everyone being paid fairly. Um, there's a lot that needs to be addressed in the fashion mm. industry that, in that respect. Mm. And I think it's the same to, with the, the art and crafts market. You know, I mean, I'm always sometimes, and it's a debate. It's the same thing with, as, as you're saying with the secondhand clothing issue. Like I'm sometimes I'm always against, especially if you're traveling or even at home, you know, and you see like the guys who make um, the crafts and everything and you, you want to buy it and you still want a discount, you know, and it's like, no, like you can't do that. Like that thing has yeah. taken that person so long to make it. Just if you want to just buy it with that price, you know, don't be like, oh, what is the discount? And I know sometimes it's tempting to do that because then it's just so expensive and you want to just try and almost get it with a decent price. But it's exactly what you're saying. Like, we have to respect the craft, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one more thing. I want to understand, and this is, I'm p- putting you on the spot. <laughs> I feel like I'm putting you on the spot. How, behind the scenes, how sustainable is your life? How do you really practice sustainable living or not necessarily? Or, I don't know, or it just depends on the day. Um, well, if I look at, my life I've, I've been vegetarian for more than 20 years that was just a personal choice as a child i just i don't like the idea of killing animals to, to eat um so i feel in that respect i am le- learning more about how good it is to be a vegetarian i'm not a vegan but um <laughs> all the like the effects of not eating meat i feel like for the past 20 years i've done something 
good by being mm-hmm. vegetarian. Um, I do recycle at home, like I've got separate recycling bins. Um, I don't just buy clothes and throw them away. Like I really do, when I buy an item of clothing or I make an item of clothing, I do wear it for years. Mm-hmm. I think that's also, I mean, it was the way that I was brought up. My mom would, like, I come from a very privileged home, but my my mom was always very strict about allowing us just to like, buy whatever we want. Like, we really mm-hmm. had to consider when we bought clothing if we loved it, if we really needed it, if we would use it. And I find now I still have beautiful items of clothing that I bought when I was a teenager that still fit me and I've taken care of it. And it's it just shows that if you are yeah. mindful when you shop, you can have a beautiful, a beautiful wardrobe for a long time. Um, so I feel like... In my wardrobe, I'm I'm quite quite sustainable in that respect, and I do like I make sure that I you know buy clothing that I do research where it's been made. I check out to key for it, oh, um, but I think also that's because I love clothing and I love design. So I feel like that way I'm, I lead quite a good sustainable lifestyle. Um, and then, of course, like, I am quite water-wise. I think with the droughts, like, mm. after seeing how much water... Especially after Cape Town. That was a scare. It really put it into perspective, <laughs> like, how much water you just waste. And like, I've tried to, like, maintain a very water-wise lifestyle. Um, I thought of getting a bicycle and cycling to work, but with the gender-based violence statistics in this country, I feel like... I'm going to take a coil. <laughs> um, um, so those are, those are small ways. Um, and then, of course, like whenever I whenever I do feel like I'm over an item of clothing, I do donate it to the Salvation mm-hmm. Army. And they do, like, I do check up on where they, they, they give the clothes, mm-hmm. who they give the clothes to. And I find that most of the time, especially with women's, where if you donate your clothing to the Salvation Army, they make sure that it goes to women's shelters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, women in shelters do come from abusive homes where they've kind of like had to just grab their things and get out as fast Mm -hmm. as possible because their lives depended on it so i feel that if i do give away old clothes it's going to people who really need it and it is going to be used and it won't end up in a landfill um the sad thing is in south africa we have there's so many poor people that um there are all there's so many people in need um but at the same time that means we do have the opportunity to, if you're in a more fortunate position, to donate and give them clothing. Whereas I find, I think overseas, they have a problem with, there aren't enough poor people to donate those clothes to, so they do end up in landfills. Yeah, we can actually still give Mm. it to people who can use it. Mm. So it's it's a sad situation, but... It means that less clothing ends up in landfills because mm. there are more people to wear it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And where do you shop, um, Lara? Where do you like? Are you you obviously, as you said, you research your clothing and everything. But when you like today, you wake up and you just feel like, hmm, I just wanna I just feel like shopping. You know, like where do you? Do where do I go? Yeah. Where do you go? So I I always I love going to. I love looking at the stores that I already stock because they stock all the local designers. I like, I like, I'll look through the local designers and try and first see if there's anything there because I know that if you buy one item from a local designer, it really makes a difference because they're employing locals. Um, 
And I just know how happy I get when I sell design. Like, it's, really, like, it's a lovely feeling. So I try to first go to the local boutiques and the ones that I stop because I love all the designs there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, it is nice to just go through all the the international stores. Like it is nice to just walk through an H&M or a Zara or Woolworths. Um, and what's nice is now they are making an effort to use recycled materials. Mm-hmm. And But I guess because there's so much stuff there, the temptation is to just want to shop. Um, mm-hmm. But I think because I am really discerning when it comes to what I buy, I, I'm not the type of person that will be like, I want to go shopping and then just go buy bands of stuff. Like, okay. I have to really love it. Um, I think overall, I'm not the type of person who will just like say, oh, I want to go shop today. Like, it's usually if I'm just walking around a mall, not looking for something, and I come and across something. And then it just catches item, you. That's when it really resonates with me. Then I'll, I'll buy it. Mm. Um, mm. But if I'm looking for something, I always try to first design it myself. Like, there's the potential to make anything at my studio. So <laughs> I think my studio is the go-to. And then, I mean, I'll find the fabric and I can do what I, what I want. So. Yeah. No, I try to wear as much of my work as possible. That's true. You've made me fall in love. Like how you put it, you've made me fall in love with the concept of buying local again. I mean, I've always done, but like there's just, everybody has like this elegant way of how they phrase things. You know, like I always start first with the local, you know, brands. And I, it just sounds so romantic. Like, oh, perhaps that's just where we're supposed to start, you know, instead of the international and then local, you know. So that's what I find. With the local brands, they, they're smaller boutiques and they'll maybe be one dotted around. You know, it, it is a little bit more difficult to find. But yeah. when you do, it feels like you really are buying something special because, you know, you'll only find it in that spot. Yeah. Or perhaps you can contact the designer directly. Or perhaps they've got an online store. But it's small quantities. It's something special. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice feeling supporting South Africans. Mm-hmm. Like it's knowing that you, like it's made here. I think that's the the quality and the luxury in it that you can buy something here and nowhere else in the world will you find yes. it unless there are. Yes. I mean, most most of, I think there are a few local designers who do sell across the world, but not many do. So. That's the luxury element, and I think, I mean, that's why South Africans like the idea of buying H&M and Zara, because it comes from overseas, but we're not realizing that you can get something so special right here that other people in the world can't get, so that's why I like to, I like to shop local. (laughs) No, um, you're so right, I think we have exhausted the idea of shop local shop local shop local without really explaining what really what it really means you know like how you've put it like making people realize that if you're shopping local that means chances are you have that one piece but for yourself but only few people have it that exclusivity which is nice and that obviously how it helps you know everybody else behind the scenes um, who's making the garments but i think just Sometimes we like to say, you know, just shop local. People like who are not like us, they don't understand what it really means. And I think that's where the education needs to be. Why you need to start there? Why it's so nice and why it's just so it's special. The garments are special. There's time into it. There's a soul into it. You know. Yeah. So. So also, I find like 
a lot of the time, like, there'll be someone who'll go to one of these boutiques and then they'll like what I've got on the railway, but they perhaps want a different color and they'll contact me directly. And then they they become clients that just come directly to my studio. So I've had clients that have done that for years where that's how they shop, where instead of walking through a mall for hours looking for something, they have an idea of what they want or they've seen something that I've designed and they want something like it. And then it's almost easier to spend Mm. time working directly with the designer than, you know, going through a mall for hours or days searching for something. So, And and it's mass production. I guess it's almost like if you're into shopping and fashion, if you just reframe how you shop, um, you could find something so much better and save time as well Mm. um, by going to the local stores, local designers. Lara, you did oh, like literally. Okay, so two more questions. So I've been wondering. So where do you? How do you know if a fiber is sustainable? Like, how do you do your research before you get your fiber? Say you're about to start um, with a new collection. Like, what kind of research do you do? So I, whenever I'm at a fabric store, I'll always speak to the, even the fabric cutters or anyone who's working there and just ask them where was it made, how much do they have, when will they be getting more and where are they sourcing it from. Just those general questions just to get a better idea of what kind of fabric I'm using. I mean, it's very rare that I'll just buy a few meters of fabric and use it exactly the way it is. I usually mm. chop it up and cut it and reshape it and layer it and stitch all over it so by the time that it's actually an item of clothing it doesn't look like what i've bought um but then i because i do that someone will look at the material and ask me what is going you know what is this and then pick apart all the little bits and then i want to be able to give them you know a detailed answer but like the beginning fabric was this plain material and it's nice to even have a swatch of that to say look it went from this to this at our studio um but then be able to say, look, it was sourced here, it's made from this, it's got this kind of content, but then perhaps we've added recycled plastic and the plastic was sourced here, it was made, mm. you know, wherever, um, and where the cotton, you know, where I sourced the cotton thread. Mm. And I find that people really like hearing what the little bits are made yeah. of. Like they like hearing the, the story yeah. and then... I think what's amazing is that I have a small studio, but then all these panels are created here by hand. And I think that also is something very special where everything that we create is unique and it's made here and you get a sense of the environment. And um, that's, I think if I can be open like that, and I think, I mean, sometimes like they'll arrive, I might even be sewing, a seamstress might be sewing, we're doing the patterns here and cutting. Like there's this idea that, you get a clear idea that it's it's made here, like, and then you can see it in the stores and you can see it on the runway or in editorials and it ends up in magazines all over the world. But it's very nice for for someone who loves my work and who wears my designs to be like, oh, it's made here. It's, and I can give them a straight answer when it comes to what it's made from. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's my I'm interested to know so yeah, as much as possible yeah. about what materials I'm using. But then I find... Anyone who's wearing my work, I attract people who want to know. Like, they're curious. Yeah. And 
please can you explain to like the listeners i think most people they get confused with this whole concept of you know it's made from recycled plastic it's made from recycled because then the first thing they think about is like you know shopping bag that we normally use which probably it is the case but how do you then turn that let's say it's just a normal grocery shopping bag how do you turn that into a a workable fabric or texture or so what what I've done for my latest collection and for and for some of the items in my collection from last year is that I've taken the plastic and then I have um, put um, layers of the plastic different colors mm-hmm. and also uh, fabric offcuts and sort of sandwiched it between the plastic and then mm-hmm. stitched through it with elasticated thread. So mm-hmm. in essence, perforating it so that it becomes flexible and porous okay. so it's breathable um, and it becomes a very nice material to work with it's got some structure but there's movement yeah. um, it holds a shape but it's also not too stiff it sculpts the body because it's not stretchy in it so the the very like straight inflexible quality of the bag is okay. transformed and because there, it's been there are a few layers it becomes very durable but it's not thick and heavy. So even these very voluminous dresses are light to wear. And because of the COVID lockdown, I had to clean everything after each stylist returned because I was just too afraid. I know the virus can can live on plastic for, I think, 72 hours. So I didn't want to risk even keeping it in the studio when it was returned. So I would put it in the washing machine because I didn't want to mm-hmm. um, touch it. And I found that if... We put it in the washing machine on a cold wash on the silk or delicate cycle. It it it's unscathed. Like it comes out as good as new, clean. So I know that it's durable. Um, it, it's easy to clean. Um, it dries quickly because even though we've got thread stitched through it and there are layers, it is porous to an extent and the plastic doesn't absorb the water. So everything is quite user-friendly. You don't have to iron it, obviously. Yeah. Um, Not a good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's user-friendly. It's easy to take care of. And it's, it's lightweight. It's comfortable mm-hmm. to wear. Um, so I've created panels of material that are they're fashionable and, um, and user-friendly. Yeah, no. Laura, I could talk with you literally the whole day, like the whole day, like literally. But in closing, what is like the inspiration you hope to leave with consumers or anybody who wants to buy your style or just in general, just in fashion, like things that just a last thought? I think it's important that when you're looking at your wardrobe, you get excited about what you're wearing. Mm. And if you could even add one or two items that make you feel like, oh, this is going to be a great day, then you should invest in those items. And if you are, then invest in local designers um, and see where you can find interesting items that are locally made, that have a nice story that make you feel like when you're buying the pieces, you're enriching your life, that mm-hmm. it's not just something you're going to put on. Like It should mean more to you than just clo- being closed. It should, it should be... It should be meaningful. Yeah. I always say it's an armor. Like, it's an armor. Like, that's what your your yeah. intention for the day is. Which And every piece that you choose, it takes you through your day, you know? Yes, it 
Lara, thank you so much. I, from the bottom of my heart, I really, really appreciate this. I can't wait for um the new collection. I am, I, I, I can't wait. And I'm definitely will be buying your pieces. You know, um, I, I'm just not sure if it's only in Cape Town. Where can we get them in Joburg? Not yet, Joburg. Not yet, but I am looking to start selling in Joburg. Once the collection goes live at SA Fashion Week, I want to see if I can at least find one store in Joburg. Mm. Just so that there's, I know I'd love the Joburgers to have access to mm. it. I mean, at the moment, they're interested. We could always make up pieces and send it directly. But I think it's very important that when you buy clothing, you try it on and yeah. you see how it fits on your body. Um so that is the next step. I'd like to find a store in Joburg to stock. Um, okay. Yeah, I also think in Joburg, people are more dressy than in Cape Town. So yeah. I think it would be wonderful to have my pieces in a store there. Um, and let the Joburgers enjoy them too. <laughs> no, definitely. I think the Joburg will have a different take on your items, how they wear it, and Cape Townians as well. They're very laid back, so they'll have a their different take in terms of how they wear it. So it'll be interesting to see. But I really would like some pieces. So I'll definitely I'll be checking it out. I'll be trying to find a way. I'm meant to go to Cape Town soon. If I can't find it online, then I'll just when I'm in Cape Town, I'll pop it. But one or two pieces won't yeah, hurt. Come to my studio. You can <laughs> visit and see everything. See how it's made. <laughs> I know. I'll definitely do that. I'm planning a trip around May or June. Um. So once I know the date, I'll just in advance. I'll start making appointments of who am I seeing when, how, and then pop it. So and then happy. maybe I'll can also come by some. <laughs> thank you so much all the best thank you okay bye, bye. And that was our interview with um, Lara. I'm sure you've Googled her as I requested earlier in the show. You've seen her work. I'm sure you're in love with her work by now. If you're not in love with her work, you should be in love with her because I find it to be so, um, such a breath of fresh air, literally. Like, it's just, like, I just want to talk with her forever. Um, really, really enjoyed my talk with her. And um, thank you so much, Lara. And, um, and that's it for today. Um, please check out her collection. It's out now. Um, go, you can go to her website and we'll also leave some of the details um, for her socials. And um, yeah, till next time, uh, do come back. Let's have another conversation. Cheerio.